0: Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be with you this week. Again, with the new music, the new theme song. Do you love it or do you love it? I know we think it is so fun. We're so grateful and really excited. Hey, September is Hunger Awareness Month, and our friends at Christian Appalachian Project's Grateful Bread Food Pantry work tirelessly to transform the lives of children and their families and seniors living in poverty. But hunger still walks among us in Appalachia and silently threatens the most vulnerable among us. One in five children go hungry every day, y'all. This number is climbing as families struggle through the challenging times of a pandemic. Each year, CAP hosts the Hunger Walk to encourage friends to walk together, to educate others, and to help stop the hunger crisis that plagues Appalachia. Last year, more than 1,300 people joined the walk and donated nearly 9,000 pounds of food. Well, as you can imagine, this year, the Hunger Walk will be virtual, which allows anybody anywhere the opportunity to participate. So please support the walk to ease hunger in Appalachia. You can feed children who are hungry, their families and seniors living in great great need. Y'all know how much I love Cap. You know how much I love Appalachia. That idea that we can step in and help uh, just feels awesome. Feels like what an honor that we get to be a part of what they are doing to feed these families. Hunger still walks among us, y'all, but we can make a difference. Find out more at christianapp.org slash Annie F. Downs. That's christianapp.org slash Annie F. Today on the show is one of my very favorite pastors, y'all. We're so lucky right now to have so many pastors coming on who are helping us traverse this really strange uh, season, not just 2020, but what the fall is with an election coming, with some things opening up and some things not, and and just so many uh, angry people. (laughs) And it, it just feels hard. It feels hard to me. And Pastor Levi Lesko is a voice that I just... Could not uh, trust more. I just think so, so highly of him. His new devotional, Take Back Your Life, a 40-day interactive journey to thinking right so you can live right, is actually what I'm picking up next and doing as my morning devotional along with reading the Gospels. If you would like to join me in that, I would absolutely love it. Again, it's called Take Back Your Life. And here's my conversation with our good pal, an excellent pastor and a trusted voice, Levi Lesko. Levi, thanks for being on the podcast today.
1: Are you kidding me? It sounded fun when I heard about it, and it's (laughs) even fun now that it's happening.
0: We're really doing this. I mean, your wife did beat you here. here. I'm sorry to tell you. All
1: right. You know what? (laughs) You didn't need to go there. So at the gate, just swinging. All right, fine. She was the first published in hardcover. Oh, I get it. Oh, was she?
0: Oh, that's hilarious! No, your other books, I haven't. I don't have a hardcover. I have a hardcover devotional. I don't have a hardcover book yet.
1: Yeah, I just did my first hardcover devotional. I had to get. Uh, I had to get real sinful and make a devotional just so I could get <laughs> printed in hardcover. Like People don't even know,
0: do they? They don't even know that we think about that stuff.
1: People don't even care or buy books. So what do they <laughs> even know? But here's the thing: mine has a ribbon, and hers doesn't have a ribbon. Yeah. So I'm not gloating. But she did get on your podcast sooner. So sure. it's someone fine. say you win bitter.
0: on the ribbon.
1: A little bit. Yeah.
0: Okay. But that is literally I one of the things I wrote down today when I was wanting to talk to you is I I would love for you to talk about what it was like to watch Jenny's book. I mean, as her husband, who's like lived her life with her for so long, and so many women have been deeply changed by Flourish, by her fight to flourish. Like Lee, What's it felt like for you to get to cheer her? You have cheered her on so so much.
1: I'm so happy. Okay, look, Annie. Uh, there's that Hamilton song, in "The Room Where It Happened." Yeah, being in the room where ha- I've been in the room when she's had five babies. Yeah, and I've now seen her write a book. Write a book, and they're very similar in pain, <laughs> tears, blood, <laughs> cussing. Uh, <laughs> right. But here's the deal: knowing that how the sausage is made is is makes me even more grateful. You yeah. know, I'm so proud of her. She birthed that book just yeah. like a baby, and yeah. you know that. And It was something she was not – I was in awe that she said yes because I knew she understood the sacrifice. I mean, I think when she first started it, she might have been breastfeeding. I mean, it was like an infant, diapers, the other kids, all the normal things, and then God just put that on her, and she fought through it so heroically, and I'm really, really, really proud of her.
0: It's a great book. I mean, she's done an amazing job with it. What? So I bet a bunch of our friends listening, the husband and wife work together in some fashion. You know, like whether they run a company together, or they both work at the same church, or they something like y'all, where you create the same kind of art. Maybe they're both songwriters or something. What's What's the win on doing a similar ministry and call with your spouse?
1: Yeah, or or they just have to fight over the best Zoom location in the home now. <laughs>
0: Right. I bet. I bet <laughs> so
1: many new dynamics. Uh I would say this. We were it, it was cool. She has a different agent than me. You know, she got her own thing, kind of you know, really just cool. And 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 yet she ended up signing with the same publishing uh house that I yeah. did, same team, everything. So the cool thing about that, and she look, I just said, look, I don't want this to be like you know, your mini me, this is your thing. Do your, th- you know, make sure you get someone you like. And yeah. so she did all that, but she ended up feeling a resonance with our same team at Thomas Nelson's W division, which is who yeah. we ended up putting all my books through and hers. And the cool thing is when we first started the publishing journey five years ago with Eyes of a Lion, someone told me who, who had written several books, I said, give me your best advice. And they go, Oh, my best advice is it's all for profit business. So just don't expect any ministry value from anybody. And it was so cold. They were like, it's all, all they care about is the dollar. Just know that they don't, they'll, they'll they'll make you a thousand promises, not keep any of them. No one cares about souls, blah, blah, blah. It was honestly so jarring to get that advice. And I will never, you know, tell you who it was, Right. but I appreciated it because it did make me go into it a little bit, eyes wide open, reticent to just take everyone at their word a little bit, you know, in a good way, I would say, Yeah. but I would say this, I have been at almost every turn, not without, not without a few exceptions here and there, surprised by how much that has not been my experience.
0: Yeah, that I was going to say that has not been my experience either
1: from my agent to my editor, to the team that markets, you know, there's a few people here and there who I'm like, mm, you're a little flighty or you just, or they, you know, end up leaving it three months cause they got a better position somewhere else. But that's just life. But most, most, every encounter has been people touched people like, Hey, look, it is a company. We understand that they got to make money. It's a business, but they care and they cry yeah. and they emote and they are vulnerable and real. And so, you know, she ended up signing with the same crew and, it's been fun now because we've kind of developed a little bit of, of of a of a system for, you know, the creative side, the web side, the marketing side. And we were able to kind of roar that machine back up to life with her take on it.
0: Yeah. And it feels like there's a real gift in partnering and cheering for each other and but also being able to like at the dinner table be like have conversations about work that you both speak the same language.
1: TV just turned on in the other room. I want to make sure cool. that. did you hear that?
0: No. Uh uh-uh. uh
1: inappropriate television on, um, (laughs) it's Tour de France and U.S. Open (laughs) happening simultaneously. Oh, which do you care about more? Well, I have two TVs, so I care about them both equally. You know, that's a good question. Tennis to me is, in my mind, I'm an amazing tennis player. Then I play and I'm horrible, but I like it. Cycling, I just love watching. I don't even really bike anymore. I just love watching it.
0: I have this weird relationship with, did you say it's the U.S. Open? So that's the one. Okay, the one that happens, what's the one that happens in... France, the tennis. That's tournament.
1: called uh, the 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 French Open. Thank you. Oh, the U.S. Open wow. happens in New York City. Wait
0: a minute. Wait a minute. Yep. I'm understanding something. <laughs> yeah.
1: So there, the Grand Slam events are Wimbledon, which is Britain, oh, and then okay. the Australian Open, which is on clay, and then the French Open, and then you have the U.S. Open. Okay, so this is slams. the U.S. one, right? Yeah. I have a
0: weird relationship with the French one because I watched it right after a breakup. Like it was what I laid on the couch and watched. And so for some reason, tennis is connected with that for me, sadly. That I lost is, tennis as an so entire you, sport.
1: You, in, you uncontrollably weep every time you see a tennis oh, racket. Oh, gosh, it's
0: brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just gets real dark real quick. <laughs> okay, wait, let's go back to the question. My real question was, what's it like being able to speak the same, same language about your profession with your spouse?
1: oh, you know what? I said something wrong. Australian is on oh. hard. Yeah. Cause French, French, is, is, clay, right? French is clay, right? Yeah. yeah I do remember. That. Listen, I'm telling yeah, you, I remember so some things. I, I just, I wouldn't have slept. I would have like woken up at 3am be like, no, Annie, <laughs> I must correct myself. Cause then Listen, I would like get a tweet. Somebody would be like, Hey idiot. You don't for sure. Know, they like, would have idiot. tweeted at
0: you. I would have tweeted it myself. Okay, So
1: around it. the dinner table talking about publishing stuff. Yeah. I mean, Jenny's such a good cheerleader. She's always been so encouraging. You know, people, literally tell me i can tell if jenny's not there for a service that ends up on the podcast because i miss her legendary feedback like she's just wow you're teaching Yeah, yes people literally will comment my sister will text me like hey why wasn't jenny in the capture it was you sucked without her (laughs) so i'm like thanks a lot sister yeah so i and i love any chance i get to try and you know measure up to her her shoes her shoe her shoe size on that so Mm -hmm. you know being able to you know, encourage her through, you know, the editing process is so messy. And, you know, uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick told me, he said, promise me, promise me, promise me. When you get back the first red line edition draft of your uh, book, when you turn it in, you'll call me that day. I was like, why would I need to call you? Sure enough. I mean, I saw how many edits they made and how much it was like Edward Scissorhands had edited my book. I called him up like, bro, I need help. I'm ready to jump in front of a train. So just to be able to step in and be like, "Hey, it's going to be okay. Don't argue over every comma. Pick your battles. Trust your editor. They know. They see what you don't see and they're fighting for the audience. Think about it. An editor is trying to protect the reader from your crazy mind.
0: Yes, yes,
1: that's a great way to put it. So yeah, it's been fun and wild. And she said, "I'll never do it again." And I'm like, "Okay, how about this? Let's work on one together, like a couple's oh, devotional."
0: Yeah, is that happening?
1: And we haven't committed to it. She hasn't committed to it, but she's she's praying about it.
0: Oh, good. Okay, so a lot of our friends listening aren't married yet, like your friend Annie here. How do we when like when you're talking about y'all cheering for each other and and can you can you sniff that stuff out when you're dating somebody? How do we pick somebody that that we will love cheering for and that cheers for us?
1: What a great question! Thank you. I think you want um, someone who's comfortable being in the driver's seat or in the passenger seat. I think that's mm. so important. People, my my guy friends always make fun of me because I'm I hate driving. Really. Like I'm a, I'm like stereotypically not a good guy, you know, <laughs> because I would, ra- if people, when we pull up, I'm, Jenny's almost always driving. A, she gets less car sick if she's behind the wheel. And B, I love that time to be able to catch up on emails or, yeah. you know, do whatever. And I, and I can read in the car. Jenny can't read in the car. So I'll read a book or we're driving, whatever. And um, so I think you do want someone who can, can handle being not in the driver's seat. I think yeah. that's an important attribute. So when you're
0: looking, so for our guys who are listening or the women who are listening, we're both looking for someone who can drive and can ride.
1: That's exactly it. You know, cause if you always have to be, you know, um, at the center of attention, like that's so like the undesirable, right? There are two sorts of people who walk into rooms. There's people who walk in and say, here I am. And people who walk in and say, there you are. Mm. And I think we're going to all tend to, based on our Enneagram and all those things to be more one of the other. But I think you want to see a blend of each of those.
0: Yeah. Cause I think if we're talking, you know, old school, what natural kind of constructs the you would think the women are always supposed to sit back and the men are always supposed to drive, but there is something. And for me, that's not my life, Levi, you know me, that's not who I am. And so I I can't pick a guy who's always driving, Because then we'll both always be driving.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I don't even think that's like biblical. I mean, I think. uh, Yeah, talk about that. Because I think our
0: grandparents would have said it is biblical.
1: Yeah, but that's because they misunderstand. Okay. Well, a couple of things. So first of all, my favorite ministry example is Aquila and Priscilla. Oh and yeah, Jesus together, and almost every time uh, their their name is is mentioned, the her name is mentioned first. Hmm. Which to many like they they're the ones who had to educate Apollos on yeah. the more the way of God more accurately. Yeah, but it seems like she had the lion's share of the responsibility because order was 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 usually given like when the, uh, the apostles were given, you're always going to have Peter James and John first because they were the more uh, statured of the disciples, right? Yeah. So uh, having her name appear before his most people think that indicates that she seemed to be the one who had the greater teaching gifts on our life. Mm -hmm. So, but I love that because Paul wasn't married. So to base our, our, um, our ministry, you know, kind of like a paradigm off of a couple is, is more helpful if you're married than basing it off of a guy who's unmarried and happily so. Like, he's yeah. like, I wish everybody was like me, you know, right. it's like, okay, well, we don't all have that gift, homie, you know? Right, right. So, I'm not interested in what you're selling, brother. <laughs> yeah. Peter was married. He had a mother-in-law that Jesus yeah. healed, or at least was at one point. So I, mean, I just think let's let's base our, you know, our, our, that off that is a, I've always liked that paradigm doing ministry together. Okay. Yeah. But then secondly, the fiercely patriarchal culture of the Roman Empire in the days of Paul were as such to where the father had absolute right, absolute rule. Patria Potestas meant the rule of the Roman father. I mean, mm-hmm. he could literally sell his kids into slavery if he wanted to, right? Wow. So his wife had to do what he said, his kids had to do what he said. So anything Paul says has to be filtered through the lens of what was already going on. Now, oh, what did right. Paul do? Paul said, Don't exasperate your kids to wrath. Paul said, lovingly tenderly care for your wife as your own flesh so he was not he was restricting and regulating what was normal his words mm. to the fathers was you have that right so don't use it you right. you could just be job of the job of the hut at home don't be that mm. so his words were to temper so to to look at his paul's words to to fathers and and husbands through the lens of our culture backwards isn't as as going to lead us to an accurate understanding as much as looking at it through the lens of what was going on and how he sought to regulate it
0: how do we learn more about that levi like how do we a lot of pushback people have on the bible is it's not fit in our culture but the bible is living and active and it's all the time and it's always all true how do we learn more about the culture at the time so we can rightly place things like that
1: Yeah, that's great. So I mean, study Bibles and uh, handbooks on culture, you can't interpret the Bible in terms of our culture until you first interpret it in in light of what was going on in the day in which which it was written. And then you then make application to our culture from that frame of reference. And that's a huge step that you must not miss. Otherwise, it seems like you know, he is, he's being harsh or he's being, you know, unkind. kind, which in, in in reality is the exact opposite. He took a harsh culture and was seeking to soften it.
0: Yeah. And I, I got I don't know if you and I've ever talked about this. Our podcast friends are laughing because I'm not Paul's biggest fan. I'm not, I think he's still, the Bible's true. I just always thought his tone was harsh. But as, even as you're saying this, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes a lot more sense.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, um, Look at Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I think he knew he had to uh, move things in in steps. Like he could have gone straight for the jugular to try and get the 13th Amendment passed, but he knew he had to be a little bit like a dove and a little bit like a serpent to get the long win. He could have gotten easy band-aid, but that would have been easily overturned. By fixing the Constitution, he was writing something in marble. So in the meantime, there were people like, oh, you're making mistakes. You know, you could have done this. I think it's easy to look at Paul and not see what he was being used by God to do. And the subversive ways that he was, you know, when it comes to stuff like slavery and stuff that comes to the treatment of women, all those things, which we see the the plain teaching through Jesus, yeah. you know, and and but then you see Paul, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, like, and 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 then you you're reading what he says to Philemon, you're like, wait, why didn't you just overturn slavery there? You know, it was him, you know, being used by God. To, to do a bigger thing than perhaps we can understand by just reading what he says at face value
0: yeah I, I love that idea that you said of l- put it in in historical culture and context before you put it in current it's not one or the other it's That's this exactly this right. is still true and this is still the gospel and this is still true but let's go back and know what it was like in context as well
1: yeah and honestly listening to you know guys like Tim Keller you know to oh, do a yes. brilliant job of of that. Um, I, 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 have, you know, a bunch of Bible encyclopedias and, 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 handbooks of customs and cultures of the day. And so I think it's just, it's just taking that time to do that. Studying really helps.
0: Levi, you're such a study guy. I don't think I would have, I don't think I knew that about you.
1: Oh, oh, Annie, I'm a nerd.
0: May I ask how you define yourself as an Enneagram type?
1: What Enneagram three. type? A three. three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so... then you
0: love to study.
1: Oh my gosh. So I don't I, lo- I don't love to study. Okay. I love to study. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm I'm just so happy if I am in a 600 page book on the weirdest sub- subject. Really? Yes, like the Panama Canal. Like I just I can't know enough about the <laughs> Panama Canal.
0: <laughs> okay, so tell what
1: anything. Tell me anything you know about it cuz I want to know you about just that. just want to know
0: every It do you feel that way about everything? You want to know everything about everything?
1: Anything that excites me. Okay. And and like I just finished this book on the deadliest hurricane in the United States history. Okay. Which happened in which state?
0: Okay. The deadliest hurricane would be Louisiana? Nope. Oh, what was it?
1: Texas. Galveston, (gasps) Texas. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. 6,000 people died.
0: Okay, so when Not you read really. that stuff, what do you do with it once it's in your brain? You just like to have it in there, absolutely or are you like making sermons out of it?
1: Nothing, absolutely <laughs> nothing. <laughs> until until it's everything. Yeah, so that's right. I like if I'm reading a book like that, I'm underlining. I'm, I'm I I will t- bo- dog ear the bottom page, the bottom corner of a page that excites me, and okay. I'll circle or highlight it. Then when I'm done, I'll usually go back through and I'll I'll take a Evernote snap of every page that I liked by the end of the book. And then it's just there and it might oh. be nothing. But I read this book last year about how President Garfield died, uh-huh. which he was the two presidents away from Lincoln. He yeah. also got assassinated in D.C. Robert Lincoln, Lincoln's son, was there the day he got shot. <gasps> he was treated by the same doctor that tried to save Lincoln's life. I don't I he, know
0: any of this?
1: Right, right. They don't, they, what do they teach us in schools? Right. Kay? So then, then listen to this. He didn't die because of the bullet that shot him in the back. He died because the doctor, who was the oh, doctor who tried to save Lincoln's life, kept repeatedly sticking his unwashed hands into the wound over and over again. Oh, now, Joseph Lister gross. had already postulated that germs were responsible for infection, but this doctor did not believe it. And so his motto was the dirtier the better. He believed dirty work sites like proved that you were a real doctor. Oh, so gosh. he kept doing that and it was the unwashed hands that killed this president president Garfield. So I read that book. I was like, holy crap, that Uh needs to be known. Right. So my first sermon of 2020, Annie was called wash your
0: hands. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Before you knew anything before the pandemic was ever here,
1: I had my team build a sink and I walked out to the pulpit after worship and there was a Uh sink there. And without saying a word, I took off my jewelry and spent the longest minute of anyone's life, washing and lotioning my hands. Yeah. And then I grabbed my Bible And said, without acknowledging what I had done, I said, turn in your Bibles to the Book of James. And I read the passage about cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. And I did a whole sermon and I never talked about Garfield to the very end. Yeah. And anyhow, and then, you know, two months later, here we are. Three months later, here we are.
0: Hey, I got to tell you, by the way, your January, like 20 something sermon on fasting, the notes are, I guess maybe it was the 19th was maybe that Sunday. I mean, the notes are still in my phone. I bet I have... I bet I wrote 200 words, 250 words listening to that sermon.
1: Uh, Is that the spiritual quickness?
0: Yes, yes. And how fasting gets you out of a rut. It helps you hear heaven's music. It boosts your reception. I mean, you that was such... strong word levi i just i I meant to tell you that when it was happening but i'll save it for in front of everybody It means a lot
1: it means a lot and you know i i didn't grow up being taught to fast i you know didn't i mean i heard about it here and there but it's been a recent thing my wife and i have fallen in love with and god's taught us so much through it and that was a really you know who i have to give credit to that sermon God spoke a lot to me, but I listened to quite a few sermons on fasting by two people, Pastor Jensen Franklin and Pastor Tony Evans. And I I gleaned a lot of really good insights from them that helped me shape my own theology of of fasting.
0: Tell me, I mean, it's a discipline we talk about a little bit around here, but not as much as we talk about prayer or reading scripture. But I'm with you that it is very hard and also probably, honestly, my favorite one. It is
1: so good. It's Uh, it's such a changing,
0: it's shifting.
1: It's disruptive you know at the end of the day that's all it is and to wake up we have to be disrupted and have to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I think it, it splashes water on your face because it tells your body hey things are not going as normal <laughs> right and feed
0: think, me I'm feeling a lot of things
1: <laughs> yeah and it tells your body like no I don't have to do everything I want to do yeah. and if I apply that to other things uh, I think uh, you mess with the food and you, you get yourself you get your attention because you're gonna find out what really comes out emotionally yeah. when you're when you're hungry.
0: Yeah cuz I I don't want to make anybody angry here but a lot of times when we talk about fasting people go well can I fast social media or can I fast TV or can I yeah sure but the reason you're wanting all to say all those things is cuz you don't want to give up food.
1: Your yourself is sneaky. <laughs> yeah. Yourself will trick yourself. <laughs> yes. We have someone said we have an endless capacity for self-deception. Yes. And I think Boy, that is you. a great instance. Like, yeah, you sh- there's a re- I don't have Instagram on my phone right now. Really? And I've, deleted, I've deleted it three times in the last 20 days. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. but I think when we actually talk about fasting, it's the abstinence of food.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And would you, I mean, would you say to people, like when you were talking to your congregation and those of us that were, I was on an airplane listening to you preach about fasting, those of us listening, I mean, is it a discipline that y'all have? In, as a yearly rhythm or as a weekly rhythm, or what does it look like in y'all's family and in your church to fast?
1: We start the year with 21 days of fasting. Okay. We, 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 when God first began to push, push my buttons on it, I, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it a day. And you know, yeah. I had done a five day fast uh, from, from nothing, from everything. Yeah. When I got to the five year mark of our church, then I so and I did, we did a five day, seven day, you know, but then we started doing the Daniel fast and that yeah. has a, a 21 day Daniel fast has been our new normal starting the year off. And I, I just love it. I feel like it's a clean reset. We all long for that, going into a new year anyway. Right. And there's just something that's just so purifying about it.
0: Right. It's different than Whole30. It's not this it like, is. though that's fine if that's what you want to do. It's not a, let me get my body right. It's a, okay, I'm I'm going to take this food out of my life so that my focus is somewhere else.
1: That's right. And And using the time you would spend normally cooking and preparing to pray or to read or to and i think it's really important to to combine it with a reduction in netflix or a reduction yeah. in or completely ceasing from those things my big thing that i do is i do no online shopping during the fast oh wow oh god have mercy that was <laughs> that was i was i sounded so great when i put it out there right. and then they got down to it because i don't know about you but i am an amazon you know a, a- holic oh sure Yep. And my rule was not only would I not buy anything, I wouldn't research anything. And that's actually my big Achilles heel. Is yeah. I just like so if someone texts me and they're like, Hey, which toaster should I buy? I would be like, You brother, you just sent me porn. Like that <laughs> yeah. give, me, give me an hour and a solid internet connection. I will tell you which toaster oh to buy. Oh my gosh. Oh
0: my gosh. It's so so you, you know make everything yourself about stop me. on that too. And the toaster. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm the same way when I'm fasting food, I also have to fast or decrease television or i will just fill my time with watching tv so that i'm not hungry or so that my so that i don't think about my hunger
1: yeah because we again this the capacity for self deception, and it you trade one idol for another in those moments and i think the 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 cool thing about it and you know we're not legalistic about any of that but the point is you wanted something to change and there's so much comfort like i can't tell you how many times in 2020, I thought back to the foundation of the year. Yeah. Hey, this is how that year began. This right. God was, and I, I told our church the other day, don't forget, like God was putting things into our hearts then yes. that we have now. We, yes. we can believe it. Things have shifted in the heavens, and strongholds were torn down. In those days, God was preparing us for what we knew not.
0: Yes, I mean that makes me want to ask you about take back your life, your 40 day journal that you created. Your devotional I mean you wrote that bef- most of it probably before the pandemic and yet here it is I mean how did you see god preparing even this work for this time
1: yeah what a surprise uh, right. for all of us the things that we didn't realize like okay first of all a book about that that is really guided towards helping people overcome Anxiousness, compulsive activities, ha- bad habits, yeah. um, self, lack of self-management, relationally unintelligent decisions—all that's kind of the, the, the heartbeat of this book. Struggling with external difficulties and internal battles, and you know, we've been working on this for a couple of years. As you know, it takes a while to get a thing, a project like this together. Having mm-hmm. no idea it would be released in the midst of a time when people, like like never before, self included, yeah. would be waking up to difficulties and dysfunctions they didn't even know were there.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's just a, uh, John Foreman said it's a house of mirrors. This whole thing has been a house of mirrors.
1: Ooh, what a good description. And how great is John Foreman?
0: Oh, great. Yeah. Let me just be clear. He didn't say it to me. <laughs> I wish yeah. we were bros, but we are as, not.
1: <laughs> as John Foreman and I were going for a killer wave. That's right. Uh, that's right. While well, we were out surfing. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> no, but I, it's the He's same way. Guy. Oh he, he, yeah, he's meant to
1: live. Can we ever see a song better than "Meant to Live"? No,
0: you're I, you're right. Times a hundred. It's not gonna
1: happen. So good. Yeah, that and they were all "Yellow" by Coldplay. I just and maybe "Let It Be" by the Beatles. Those three.
0: Okay. Wow, that was very and fast. Fifth. Levi, you have so much in your brain.
1: <laughs> it's, it's troubling. Oh, let me say this though. Um, 2020. My my counselor told me something profound. She said soldiers don't get ptsd when they're at battle they get it when they come home
0: wow that's when it
1: comes out because in war when bullets are flying you don't have the time to notice that you've screwed stuff up deep down but when you get home and it's quiet then you're like sold the soul's like hey fyi we're screwed up
0: yeah Yeah. so
1: i started like everybody else going man why am i just freaking out what is going on And, and she's like you know you probably had a lot of these things that were the issue but 5,000 airplanes a year yeah. and 20 million, blah, blah, blah. Your body just didn't even have time to settle down. Now you're just sitting here at home all the time and it's like, okay, we're going to feel some of this now. And I think that's yeah. kind of what we're all dealing with.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm excited for people to do this 40 day. This feels like a great way to like end the year to do like, okay, let's, let's find 40 days for the end of the year because the, the subtitle, A 40-Day Interactive Journey to Thinking Right so You Can Live Right. I mean, so many books right now, and I think this is a wave of the Holy Spirit, are talking about our thought lives.
1: Yeah, you can't outlive your thoughts. You know, at the end of the day, what I like to say is the thoughts you hold on to determine the future you head to, Hmm. okay? So it's not about having a thought, and that's so important. You are not your thoughts. You're not your crazy thoughts. Right. Like, I, I... me and you, and you know, everybody else listening, if we were to tally up all the disgusting, disturbing, deranged th- thoughts that have popped into our heads in the last 24 hours alone, right? Maybe I'm the only one. Nope, like, go back, nope. back it off, click two clicks, Levi, right? <laughs> like, I'm not talking about like, oh, I, that guy's a jerk. I'm talking about stuff that's like shocking, yes, you know, to me. Yes. And, and those thoughts are not you, and they come into your head from who knows where, right? And it's not about what thoughts you have, it's about what thoughts you hold on to. Because every mm. thought's a choice. Every thought's that's a train. Good. Every thought's a, a a chance to either bless or 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 or, or burn. Yeah. To to move you to toxic or health. To move you to light or dark. And 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 when the thought's there, you get to choose to either replace it or to embrace it. Mm-hmm. So those are the only two options. You can't delete a thought. You have to replace the thought, right? And so. Oh, that's
0: interesting.
1: You yeah you you embrace it, and I'm gonna live there. So I'm going to choose to worry now because a worry thought was there. I'm going to choose to smolder there because a, a angry thought was there or a jealous thought was there. I'm going to obsess now on this or I'm going to ruminate on this. That's yeah. embracing it. But replacing it is choosing to move right along thought, you know, and I'm going you know, to do something that exalts, something that's encouraging. My go-to is because I deal with a lot of like those panicky feelings, especially in yeah. you know, the middle of the night. And, you know, I always have, I try to pray for other people mm. because it's so easy to think only about me. But yeah. it's like, I'm going to pull a different person into my mind. I'm going to pray for Annie right now. I'm going to pray for, you know, Craig, right? I'm going to pray for, for Jenny right now. And it's it's amazing how much replacing a thought works better than trying to fight a thought, to block a thought, to, to say no to your thought, you know, to, or, or you know, even to, um, like, sometimes when, when you're, you know, am- amygdala is, is in overdrive and you're in like fight or flight mode, even Bible verses are, are not always the most helpful in that
0: right. moment. Right, right. All right, friends, taking a short break from today's episode to give a shout out to our partners at Raycon. You know I haven't been able to keep my excitement about these earbuds to myself. Inspired by underdogs and big dreams, Raycon aims to empower go-getters around the world. That's you, my friends, by creating the next wave in wireless audio technology and by bringing you and I only the best in wireless audio products that don't break the bank. I absolutely love the Raycon Everyday E25 Earbuds. And you know I'm going to be listening to my favorite podcast or a playlist with them. It feels like I'm right there in person. One of the things that I love about them is that they come in a variety of fits. Nothing is worse than when you're like half jogging and half trying to keep your earpiece from falling out. Y'all know the feel when you're out on a walk, on a call, or when you're exercising. It is so annoying to have to worry about that. But with the everyday earbuds... You don't have to worry because when you get your box, there are different covers so they actually fit your ears. It's awesome. They come in this cute little compact carrying case. Mine is rose gold and it charges your earbuds up to four times. I'm not kidding you guys. I've been using mine for months and for the first time this weekend, I realized I need to charge them. <laughs> I've just gotten so much use out of them without having to recharge them. It's incredible. The best part is Raycon has a 45-day free return policy, so you can make sure these earbuds are the wireless pair for you. So go to buyraycon.com slash that sounds fun, and they're going to give my friends 15% off your first order. There are so many of our friends and celebrities that are obsessed with Raycons like Mike Tyson, Brandy. Listen, add me to that list because I love mine. Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of other premium wireless earbud brands, and they sound just as amazing as the top audio brands. So go to buyraycon.com slash that sounds fun, and you'll get 15% off your order. I cannot wait for you guys to try these out, and make sure you tag me in your stories when you get them. And I also want to tell you about our partners at Ancestry Health, a way to better manage your family's health risk with the click of a button. Designed to be offered at an affordable price, Ancestry Health is committed to improving accessibility to the powerful genetic testing capacity of next-generation sequencing. Listen, I'm not a great scientist, but I know all those words, and they really matter for our health, for our families. They are now better at determining if you're at lower risk for some commonly inherited conditions linked to breast cancer or colon cancer and heart disease. Wouldn't it be nice to not worry about what if? I am a huge fan of Ancestry.com and Ancestry Health. Taking the test, activating your kid, it's all really easy. They provide you with a shipping label to send it back and you get your results really, really quickly. A family health history tool lets you track generations of your family's health. All in one place. They work with PWN Health, an independent network of board-certified physicians and genetic counselors who can help you better understand your results. So find out what your DNA says about your genetic risk with Ancestry Health. Head to my URL at Ancestry.com TSF, like that sounds fun, to get your Ancestry Health kit today. That's Ancestry.com TSF. And let's learn together. All right, friends, back to the show. Here's the real question. Let's just really go there. For our friends, I mean, so many of us listening can have a thought about hating someone, can have a thought about sleeping with someone, can have a thought about anything in between those two, right? And what you want to say is, okay, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about that. But that actually doesn't cut it.
1: No, because that's the one way to guarantee you're going to continue to think about yeah,
0: it. So yeah. So, so what's your next move? When, so you say every time that happens and you got to fight it, you just start praying for someone else?
1: Uh, not every time. I, I think you have to know what's going on. And I think um, some mm. understanding of what your the biology of your brain is and your, your tendencies. I think, and I'm, I mean, by no means this is all being field tested for me every day, right? But what I'm, tr- I'm learning more of is my brain has two places where anxiety can live. And one is the rational logical, that cortex part. And the other part is the feel part, the, the amygdala part that is mm. all, do I want to punch this guy, run away or, you know, or, or whatever. And that's right. why when you get the adrenaline response, your, your pupils dilate and your, your blood goes to your, your quadriceps and, and, and you're ready in that moment to make a very important decision. Yeah. Now that can be in, uh, inappropriately activated. And that's that's that three a.m. sweaty bed, you know, panic moment.
0: Yeah,
1: those moments I found because my traditional response would be a logical cortex based. I'm going to argue with it. That's not true. You know, and no, I love Jesus, and I would never do that. And <laughs> right. this is not going to happen. And I'm not going to prison. You know, those, right, those kind right, of things, right, right. In in those moments, that's ine- ineffectual for me because if it's an, if it's originated in the part of my brain that's all emotion, all feel a logical cortex argument like no no john three sixteen says god actually does love me like that doesn't right. always help right in those moments what sometimes helps me to do is to say it's normal that you're feeling this way levi but this is going to pass so we're going to mm. breathe through this and yeah. some take some deep breaths resist the urge to get into that it, um, it's almost like the old preacher said if you um, get into a, a a wrestling match with a pig. You'll both get dirty, but the pig That's will right. enjoy it.
0: That's right. That's right. Once
1: your self is all flared up, it, you can't argue with it always at the same level in mm. in 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 which it's happening. You have to almost like I, the way my counselor explained it to me was it's waves. Like those big emotions are waves. yeah, and just saying to yourself, hey, this wave's gonna pass. And Jenny would say, like, the same thing is with her hormonal cycle of being a woman. Yeah. like, Sometimes those waves, you can't argue with it. And I yeah. can't, as a man, understand it. I can just say, hey, honey, this wave is going to pass. You're going to get through this.
0: Right. It's so much kinder. The way you're teaching us to talk to ourselves is so much kinder of like, don't punish yourself when you have a thought or punish yourself when you make a mistake. But the question is like, hey, why did I do that? What is going on here? What's going on in my body? What's going on in my mind? What's going on in my relationships? What got me to this point?
1: That's it. What What's the sin beneath the sin? You know yeah. what? You know, what, where's the anxiousness come from? What trauma is, 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 is manifesting itself in this. And, and then, you know, for me, prayers, prayers, I've found ways for prayer to look differently too. Like yeah. sometimes it's just saying the Lord's prayer. It really gives me peace. Sometimes it's just help. Sometimes I, I've, you know, I speak in a prayer language. Like so mm-hmm. sometimes it's that prayer that can't be expressed through human words. Yeah. And then other times it's just knowing like the name of, 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 of Jesus. Like, And then I'm gonna just gonna like like if I'm really having a really panicky moment in the middle of the night, if it's if it originated in the part of my brain that's just in an absolute frenzy now and I'm feeling like the fight or flight's kicking in, I can just say, God, help me get through this and I'm gonna Mm. take some deep breaths. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not gonna really try and argue scripture. Um, but by other times, if I'm just walking down the road and this crazy, horrible thought pops in, I'm going to maybe say a verse or I'm going to maybe pray for somebody, or I'm going to maybe just literally, I try and picture, I read this book called rewire your anxious brain. Uh-huh. And it said, think about your brain, like a TV. And if something was on, you didn't like, you wouldn't just like say, I'm not watching that. You would change right. the channel. <laughs> right. So I trying to just change the channel in my mind. Like, Oh, bang, I'm going to think about something else and yeah. just kind of replace it.
0: Man, it just feels like such a good time in the year. Especially because if we've if I've learned anything in twenty twenty, it's that I don't know what's coming next. Right. Like I don't have any control of what's coming next. And so to have this 40 day devotional that kind of walks me through how to think better and how to how to have a little bit of a different handle on my thoughts is gonna set me up for whatever is coming the rest of this year and next year.
1: That's right. You know, uh one of the things that I That I really love about how we laid this all out, and it's beautiful. There's doodles and pictures. It is beautiful. It's really cool. Mission to scribble everywhere and draw everywhere is that there's a breathe, think, and live section. And Hmm. I, what I, what I, I'm casting vision for in the first part is, which talks a lot about the Panama Canal, by the way, FYI. Excellent. (laughs) It did find its way out. That's the thing. I read them thinking that's not going to help me, and maybe a year, maybe five years later, yeah, they just find their way out. So you go back um, to your
0: Evernote, and they're all there.
1: I, the oceans get connected, baby. You can save eight <laughs> thousand miles by going through Central America. <laughs> so, anyhow, the the breathe, think, and live section. I want you to read the verse and read the devotional for that day. Look up the verses that are there, but then stop and take a just take a dang minute. Mm-hmm. Most of us rush through our quiet times like we're like we're in a contest. You know, it's like just breathe. There's right. so much. The Holy Spirit is called pneuma, and when you remember the wind of the Spirit that filled Adam's nostrils, then mm-hmm. he became a life. You know, a being. The same spirit that Jesus breathed on his disciples to take a breath before you rush into the next phase.
0: That's really good. That is really helpful. What else? I mean, so as I'm thinking about who the pastors, like I told you, I listened to your teaching and you said you listened to Dr. Evans. And who else are you listening to that is putting different thoughts in your mind that are kind of helping?
1: Yeah, I listen pretty widely. I mean, I love listening to Bishop Jakes and I love listening to Pastor Craig Rochelle and pastor Steven, who I mentioned. Yeah. And I like to listen to guys like Alistair Begg and I uh, love, I love pastor David Jeremiah. Yeah. And uh, I obviously mentioned Keller earlier. I listened so, I mean, I, I take the old Spurgeon sermons and I, cause he, you can't listen to him cause he's, right. he was dead before audio. But what I do is I take the PDFs of his sermons and then I make, I make a, a Siri track out of them, but I make it to British, the British Siri. So that when I listen to Spurgeon, it's with a British accent. It's
0: in a British accent and you just have him read it to you.
1: Yeah, because you can tell – basically, here's a little life hack. So you can take anything into pages and then you can convert the pages file into an iTunes MP3, but you get to pick which Siri accent you want. So you can go through and sample them. So, you know, you can make them Australian or whatever.
0: Okay, so here's the question that people always ask when I start talking about listening to podcasts, reading books. How do you have time for this? What are you not doing that I'm doing – that you have this much time for reading and podcasting and learning about the Panama Canal?
1: Well, I would say that's my most annoying question uh, because you have the same amount of time as Abraham Lincoln did. We've already talked about him twice, but <laughs> like you, 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 like, so today I listened to a book about the moon landing in the sauna and <laughs> I, you know, just take every moment. I, not yeah. that you want to fill every moment because there is, like I said, times for solitude and silence. And I took a bike ride with my phone in my house today, yeah. which is a little dangerous. Cause if I get in a wreck, sure. you know, there's no way to call, but sure. it's worth it because it cleans your soul up to not have your phone. Mm-hmm. If you are always accessible by man, how can you ever think you're going to be reached by God?
0: Okay. If you're always accessible by man, how are you ever going to get reached by God? Okay. that.
1: That wilderness places, Jesus always yeah. went there. Like, it's not rocket science, we got to do what Jesus did. He's always yeah. like, He would go alone, He'd go when to the lonely to the places. Gardener.
0: I notice it every time I read it that He always says He went off to the lonely places.
1: How did Judas notify Him in the Gethsemane? The gospel says He often went there with His disciples to yeah, pray. Yeah. So, even that, Pastor Craig, I mentioned him earlier, told me yesterday, He said, you know, He read a study that people dealing with depression can find a cure from taking a walk with someone else regularly. Hmm. And I thought that was so profound because I tend to go walk walk alone, but Jesus prayed with his disciples in this lonely place too. So it's not just praying alone, but finding a friend to walk with. Like That's just really helpful. And yeah, so you grab a moment in the sauna, you listen to it while you're driving. If you get an Alexa device, Alexa can access your Audible books in the kitchen. Uh, I have a friend who always does dishes while listening to a book. And if you do 20 minutes a day, you can crush a book serious amount of books.
0: Yes. And I'm going to ask you a question that makes me feel guilty every time. Do you watch a lot of TV?
1: Absolutely. I do. Oh, do you? Yes. I love TV.
0: Yeah. I love TV, but I find that a lot of my friends that I love and respect that read a lot more than me are doing that instead of watching TV, but I really like TV.
1: No, I love TV. So here's the thing for me. Like a Guilty Pleasure is a novel or a show like Yellowstone. Like give me yes. Kevin Costner as a salty old cowboy. Yeah. I'm the happiest guy <laughs> I love the Avengers. We, we just watched uh, the Black Panther just out of yeah. grieving yeah. Uh, the loss of Chadwick. And we just, I I, I love, I, I don't think it's either or.
0: Yeah. How'd you talk to your son and your kids about about Chadwick's death and Black Panther and why you were watching it?
1: They told me. Daisy goes, daddy, Black Panther died. Yeah. Like no, he didn't. She goes, he had cancer, so they had to grieve. They had to talk to me about. It. You should ask Daisy how she broke the news yeah. to her old man.
0: Yeah, but
1: we were camping and someone texted someone, and she heard.
0: Yeah, so I mean, even when you hear his story, that he you know for years he had cancer and didn't didn't tell the public, but was just creating art as he was going and then suffering silently what did you take when you put all that information into the Levi Lesko machine, like you do with the Panama Canal, what comes out to you? What did you learn from hearing that?
1: I love, I thought a lot about how much he got paid for those movies that he'll never spend. Hmm. And I thought about wow. that. He was doing it for a higher calling, obviously, yeah, you know, loved ones with no doubt or whatever benevolence he had set up in his estate planning. But I, I love that he still acted when he didn't have to because obviously he's so good at it and he yeah. had such a God-given ability to, to, to create a character in, in a compelling way. And, you know, that movie Black Panther obviously did so much more than just a Marvel movie. It, it, it resonated on such a deeper level with, 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 with race and with, with, with power and strength and dignity. And, um, I love that he didn't have to, but still, still wanted to, he could have spent his yeah. last you know years sailing around the world on a sailboat, but he wanted to still step into what God built him for and do it and that, that's beautiful.
0: I think there, I think we're, we're just beginning to learn all the things that can be learned from that man's life and his story.
1: It's just shocking. Yeah. What about you? you, What what about you? you I hadn't
0: even thought about the money thing. That's really interesting that he will never spend all that money. I thought every single person I know makes art while they're hurting.
1: Ooh. Okay. That's great. Now his is
0: much more profound, obviously, than a breakup or than than a, um, a loss of a job or whatever or just trouble in your marriage or whatever, whatever, whatever. But we are every single person who writes a book, who is in a movie, that there's there's pain going on that we don't know, and it it amplifies the goodness of their art.
1: Wow! Right? Okay, I'm going to, to think about that. Your pain is your power. So so you're saying then that if we could magically take away all of our gray days, we would probably also eliminate all the beautiful things that God would 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 birth through us. Maybe
0: I think so. I think if I think if we didn't have something some secret sadness, not necessarily secret from everybody. I don't think you should have a secret from everybody. But I think if, if, there, if the private sadness wasn't true, the public art wouldn't be possible.
1: I love that. Am I wrong it's, on that
0: though? Is that feel no, I too far? You're,
1: I think you're right. I think so. When I think about tortured genius, I think I don't know anybody who uh, has done anything that is, is 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 beautiful who hasn't had to walk through a hard season. Yeah. On that way. Yeah. But I also, I go back and forth because like, I've also tried to get away from, I can only create when there's a storm in my soul. That's like, right. You know, like that's the procrastination kind of lie. <laughs> like, And so I like, I, I kind of like adhere to a little bit the, if inspiration strikes, it's going to find me at my desk at nine o'clock. Yeah. So yep. I, I can write when I'm not inspired because I hate and I loathe what happens to me when I don't feel like writing. Yeah. And yeah. my, my best work has come as a result of just showing up, even when I don't feel like I'm inspired, yeah. but I also do agree that there's some, some truth to that when there is the pain that does create the circumstances. But I also don't want to live in the agony of needing that to motivate yes, me to work. I
0: need drama. I need pain. I need tragedy to work. Yeah. No, I don't think I don't want to live in that either. But the, the thing is like, even if you're just, even if you're just tired, and you still go and do the thing god's called you to do you're still persevering through a version of pain that's true and so and, i think we're yeah. all
1: doing that man we should have a whole Maybe. lot more talk about chadwick and his legacy cuz that's really beautiful i do
0: think yeah i think i think we will i think i'm very interested when someone if anyone ever can tell us about his faith life only cuz i'm like i'm so curious to know who he was there's so little talk about who he who he was off screen.
1: Yeah, it's true. I don't know anything about him out like other than the movies that I've seen, but I yeah, want to,
0: I know me too. We're going to learn about him. Um, this leads me to another question I have for you. We send an email on Fridays out to my friends and they can, and we tell them who I'm interviewing the next week. And so, and we say, Hey, do you have any questions for, you know, for Levi and a, a young woman named Joy, Joy, I don't know if she's young. We'll just say it. Joy. Shocker,
1: you have the greatest ideas ever. That's it's really right. fun
0: because then it t- because other people know things about you that they want deeper information on them. Like, oh, that is a great question. And but-
1: you found a way to make other people do your job.
0: Yeah, <laughs> which is work smart, not hard. That's the, the other thing you can take away from this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, no, I see what you did there. It's That's very right.
0: Great. So this friend of ours said that they heard you in an interview after your daughter's death say that hurting with hope still hurts. And so her question is, what do you do now through experience, or what do you know now through experience and how hope and hurting can coexist? I feel like this is right along the lines with what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, I think it, okay, so that was a way for me to process like my simultaneous split screen faith and anger Yeah, and the revelation that they're not they're not opposites. I mean, there are, they are opposites, but there are two sides of the same coin. That's right. So it feels like, like, okay, so if you, if you were in the hospital room where Lenya went to heaven or, or maybe she went to heaven in the ambulance or at the house, we don't really know. They declared her dead in the hospital, Yeah, which is such a mean final thing to say. We declare right. her dead, Right. but they declared her dead and they coded her then, or no, she was coded at home, but they had still been trying to resuscitate her and then in the hospital, they, they turned off the machine and called it. They mm-hmm. did the time thing, all that, right? Mm-hmm. So in that moment, you would have seen both us, you know, holding her hands and praying and thanking God for her life and the, the honor of being her mom and dad. Yeah. And then you would have seen me five minutes later when it started to set in like like a like a caged tiger pacing in that same room wanting to rip every machine off the walls every machine i wanted to rip them all and when the lady came in and asked us sweetly kindly she was doing her job which funeral home should we call to come get her body Mm. like i i could have i could have screamed and 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 hurt somebody i was so mad right okay now how do you reconcile this too you don't is what don't. I realized. Yeah. And the fact is that my anger didn't betray my faith and my faith didn't alleviate the anger, but you see them both in action in Jesus and John 11. And when I realized that was what changed it for me. When I read Jesus saying like, Hey, your brother's going to live again. So don't worry. And then the next minute he's not only weeping, but the text says John 11, he groaned mm. with rage. Basically the yeah. word groan is not a true Translation, because if you look into it, the only other time that word is used in secular Greek literature, it's describing the the the, the like the roaring of an agitated horse, like oh, wow. bellowing. So this is a pissed-off animal, and that right. is like you don't want to give a wide berth to a horse like that with its ears back. Right. So here's Jesus, who like a has faith that Lazarus is about to live, but is also crying in a mess and mad like I was, and it's like oh, so at my darkest moments of pain and like self-loathing and sorrow and rage, I felt God not saying, Levi, don't be angry. She'll you'll see her again. I felt God saying, Me too. Yeah. I'm mad too. And when I found my my anger mixing with his anger, I was able to walk away okay. Hmm. And that's to me what hurting with hope still hurts means.
0: Yeah, that's and that is that is really important for people to I think if if there's one thing that I want people to take away from being friends with me is that there are two sides to that coin. And that is still a good coin. Like, like joy and sorrow are better together, actually.
1: Yeah. I think people think they have to pick one or the other. And so they have to walk away from Christianity because they're mad. Yeah. Like I'm not a good Christian. And maybe because we've over the years done a bad job of creating space for people to grieve and mourn and go through things and be human but it's like, no, that's not, that's not, worship is you have snot running down your face, but you're saying, I still trust you. I'm still here. Yes. I'm still showing up. I that's, that's, that's what I think.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Um, let me ask you the other question we got from one of our friends. Where's the best place to hike in Montana?
1: Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I have several friends who I would have you to text. Uh, but I, I, I love Glacier Park in September yeah. because all the tourists go home. Although this year we'll find out. I mean, there, a lot of them have bought houses here.
0: Oh, uh, really?
1: Oh my gosh. So we wow. I've never seen so many license plates in my life. All of our girls have bruised arms from the slug bug game of naming <laughs> license plates and then punching their sister. Because everybody came to Montana for the pandemic and a lot yes. of them bought houses. Our our big joke in here is like we'll see what happens come March if you can hang. You yeah, know? if you
0: can handle the winter.
1: Move <laughs> in July, usually gone by April. But yep. you know, um, but uh but glacier park's great. It's just crazy in Cove in, in COVID summer but hiking in the stinking uh month of september is sublime but then there's also a a hiking truck called mount aeneas which is in the jewel basin south of big fork that is not a national park it's a state park and that's one of my favorite hikes
0: okay are you seeing a difference are are y'all are back to meeting at church
1: correct we're not. So oh, we do not? baptisms live. Like we get together with the crowd at the, the seashore, the lakeshore for a baptism or for small group student stuff or whatever. But other than that, we're doing all of our gatherings online. And we do it, here's why, as an act of evangelism. Really? Our, that's like you're telling our church. Because the only people clamoring for churches to meet again are are Christians. Mm. And no non-Christian is like, the churches should meet. They, they kind of understand. Movie theaters aren't meeting. Sporting right. events aren't meeting. So the way I see it, we can tell our neighbors we're seeking the good of the city by allowing businesses mm-hmm. to be the place where money can be made by them opening back up. We'll be a slow yeah. serving the city, not being a part of another spike so that businesses don't get interrupted more than they need to. Right. We want to prioritize that. So it's hopefully... Um, an act towards making our faith winsome.
0: That's a that's a beautiful reason behind that.
1: But we have had people call the church and cancel the tithes. So really, <laughs> well, oh, you guys aren't no. meeting, so I'm not giving. So
0: yikes! Oh, I'm sorry. I just gotta believe that the Lord will. The Lord will handle that. I don't know. And in the
1: meantime, He's there for me at 3 a.m. when that those sorts of thoughts start swirling around. That's right? exactly right. I heard exactly Andy Stanley right. say, "Like, look, people are accusing me of not meeting out of fear. If I had, if I was driving out of fear, I never would have stopped meeting." <laughs>
0: right, that's exactly right. Uh, yeah, we aren't back. Crosspoint isn't back to meeting yet either, and i i really miss it. But you're giving me good perspective on the on the greater good because they, I mean, we will someday look back, and 2020 will be a blink of our lives, and go yeah. like, "Wasn't that weird? We didn't have church for like months."
1: Yeah, and we did though. We were meeting and on right. calls and small groups, and you know, there's, there's, I think it's a chance for us to to find a way to prioritize the things we were taking for granted before Hmm. when we were just showing up third song with our latte, you know, for the service.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. Third song with the coffee. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That is always so offensive to me. I got a double pump vanilla latte, (laughs) so I'm here.
0: When I'm teaching and I see people walk in and they've got coffee, I'm always like, listen, (laughs) when you're this late, man, (laughs) come on.
1: And the the, the RBF uh, that they don't realize they have either. Uh-huh. that Everybody now has realized they have during these Zoom calls. We're like, do you even know what your face looks like? Do you know like? what Come your on, face man? looks like? We've all
0: seen it now.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's exactly right. Levi, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we hit?
1: Uh, Annie, you're so much fun to talk to. We need to bring you on. Hey, it's the Luskos. That's oh, I love need. it. I
0: saw y'all just launched it a couple of months during the pandemic, right?
1: Yes, yes. It's, we have, it's, it's ridiculous. Oh. Our podcast is ridiculous.
0: It's so fun.
1: Yeah. it's uh, we we, we, we well, Jenny and I both individually love being with you, but now we got to bring you on our crazy okay. island.
0: I'm coming. Let's do it. I would absolutely love it. Hey, the last question we always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you're doing for fun.
1: Camping. Yeah, camping y'all just went is... camping.
0: I mean, do you like, I don't like sleeping outside. Does Jenny like sleeping
1: outside? So we bought a camper oh, and do. I always okay. protested campers because, you know, if it's not, it's like, if it's not fake Christmas tree, fake Christmas, right. you know, if you're not putting up a tent, <laughs> you don't love God, right. Okay. That was always my thing, but it was a barrier because I only wanted to do it once a year. And even that was a big chore because as our family's grown, so is all the, you know, stuff. Yeah. So. This year, since our vacation got canceled, everybody's did. I'm not complaining. That's a first world problem. It's just true. Yeah, bought a camper that we pull behind the car. It's nothing glamorous. No TV. It's just a chill camper that we can all sleep in, and it has a little kitchen, a little toilet. Right. So, but as a result, all the camping gear doesn't have the shelves in the garage anymore. It's always there. So anytime we want, we can hitch it up, fill it up the 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 food, and go.
0: Yeah, it's like a much quicker decision.
1: Favorite thing in the world.
0: That's awesome. Have you posted pictures about it and I've missed it?
1: No, I told you I'm not on Instagram. So my oh, team's still paying German content. But I mean, I've posted a <laughs> few fishing pictures, but I haven't done anything about camping yet.
0: Right. Okay. Well, whenever I would lo- I think campers are so fun. I like love the idea of driving somewhere and parking and living there for a day. But I don't want to sleep on the ground.
1: Yeah. And you get to like it, something changes in you. Like, and I honestly, I'll leave my phone off and I have, I've been, t- we do this thing called Yeah. Like if there's a great moment, I'll just do the little finger click and like, that's a photo. <laughs> Cause if I have my phone out, I'm going to go back to that mode. Yeah. So it's been delightful setting up hammocks and making s'mores. And like, I love waking up and the cup of coffee with, with the still morning, you know, dew. it's just the best.
0: Are the kids all like camping as well? Or like what y'all are doing the camper camping?
1: My teenager tolerates it. Like I think she'll be happy to have some memories. You know, she. I think sure. by being fourteen, she's supposed to not like it. That's but, right. But other than that, my kids. They. My little son is deranged, and he just loves being dirty.
0: <laughs> He's a, Listen, your oldest daughter has shot up in height. By the way.
1: She's taller than Jenny, and she's so beautiful. Don't don't mistake what I'm saying. I think she's amazing, and she. Oh yeah, she no one heard is. you
0: say anything different. I just noticed recently there was a picture of the three of y'all, and I was like. Oh my goodness, she's gotten taller.
1: And she just got her wisdom teeth taken out. So she's all puffy right now and just make, I love making fun of her.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, anytime y'all want to load up that camper and drive to Tennessee, you know there's a lot of us here who love you.
1: I I, I that's a long drive. i have a long drive to Tennessee. I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to think of a nice way to say no, but uh I will fly no. out there I'm and just rent the camper. Just Why know don't you come to Montana and camp with us. Okay.
0: That's that feels a little more possible because I'll take the nine flights it takes to get to Montana in order okay. to go camping.
1: Nine the- shots have been fired.
0: <laughs> I mean, it is a lot of connections, but Jenny and I talked about it. People can listen
1: <laughs> in the summer. We have nonstops to New York, Dallas, Atlanta, Denver, LA in the winter, <gasps> really? it goes back to dog sleds.
0: Yeah. Well done. Well, luckily you've got everybody there now. So everybody who is moving there has moved there.
1: That's sh- right. I'm
0: so interested if you're going to have a whole new congregation when y'all start meeting again.
1: Honestly. Yeah. So, uh, I guess, okay, so here's one small example. So one of our high schools, we have four in the air in in the city that I live in. They um last year I think had 3 new out of state students. Yeah. But this year they said they have 180.
0: Yeah. Wow. My gosh. That's crazy. Levi, the Lord's bringing them to you.
1: Let's reach them.
0: I mean there is there is no there is no accident there. The Lord brought y'all there and now he's bringing them all to you.
1: It's so cool. I'm excited.
0: Y'all, don't you love Levi Lesko? I know, I know. What a great dude. He and Jenny are both just incredible. Remember, she was on the show this spring, so you should jump back and listen to that one as well and grab a copy of Take Back Your Life, the 40-day journal about how we can handle our thoughts better as we end this year. I think this is the exact right time for us to do that. So I'm going to jump in. I hope you'll jump in with me as well. Hey, don't forget, we have our new stories from 100 Days to Brave podcast that I think you'd really enjoy. It's 10 different stories from friends of ours who have read 100 Days to Brave. In fact, tomorrow is day 40 if you're doing 100 Days to Brave 2020 with us. So this will just be a good reminder, some extra push to know the importance of finishing 100 Days to Brave. If you need anything else from me, y'all know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. What a fun week with our new theme song. I love it. I hope you go out and do something that sounds fun to you or stay home. And I will do the same. And we'll see you back here on Monday with one of our very favorites, The Nester, Michael and Smith. See you guys on Monday.